yummy, yummy, yummy. I love food. How about you? Ha. Now, the most controversial food on the planet probably is chocolate. There seems to be a real argument about whether it's good or bad. And some people say it's awesome and fantastic and you have to have it because it's really good for your brain health. And there's some people that talk about dark chocolate as being a superfood. Other people say that it's really bad and you should never have any of it. So some, there's a good and interesting scale, isn't it? Zero, don't have any. To ten, have some every day because it's good for you. Uh, I've got some prunes here and these have become a very interesting topic at our house because we've got some uh, people in our life who prunes are a normal part of their eating plan. They make prune muffins, prune cake, prune jam and it's a normal thing. Just a, It's a dried plum. There's other people who think that prunes are only for uh, a laxative to help you go to the bathroom. And there's other people that will never eat dried fruit that comes in a bag because they think it's bad for them. So there's another one of those scales. Zero, I'd never eat it because it's bad for you. Only eat prunes if you need to go to the bathroom and you haven't been able to. Or most of the meals that you eat have prunes in them. There's a funny story there. One of my gorgeous students, Anna, who's from Brazil, when she first moved to, moved to New Zealand, she used to have prunes as a snack. And the people in New Zealand would say to her, you know, do you have challenges going to the bathroom? Uh, she was a bit confused because English was her second language. She said, no, this is just a normal snack for us in Brazil. Then there's this gorgeous uh, topic of alcohol. Is it good? Is it bad? And there's people who suggest that uh, the, the people who drink one to two, even three glasses of alcohol every day live longer, they're less stressed, and they enjoy their life more. And there's other people that would never drink alcohol because it's against their religion and or they believe it's bad for them. And of course, if you have too much alcohol, it doesn't matter who you are, you end up feeling sick, wake up with a hangover, and it's not a good thing. So why am I asking all these questions? Well, the challenge I've got is that food for most people, and I would love it to be for everybody, should be a, a wow experience. It should be yummy, 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 yummy. I've got food in my tummy. Wouldn't that be awesome? But is it possible that as a human race, and particularly as nutritionists, dietitians, medical people, and unfortunately exercise people, we've made food really controversial? I'm not sure if there was a time when we just ate our food and enjoyed it, but I'm sure there was. And in fact, a time when we ate food as much as we possibly could because we didn't know where our next meal was coming from. And that's one of the examples that I always use. People talk about good and bad food. But if you were in the, in the desert or in the bush and you hadn't eaten for a few weeks and there was a bowl of lint chocolate in front of you, but you didn't believe that you should eat chocolate, would you still eat that chocolate to stay alive? And in that situation, the example I always use, could chocolate not just be a good food, it could be the only food that's going to keep you alive. So it becomes a superfood because it's going to keep you alive. Is it possible that there are people that really enjoy their chocolate? And I'm using these little balls as an example. Because there are people that have shared with me that their chocolate is a, an orgasm for their mouth. They love it. And why would you want to take such a pleasurable experience away from somebody? Because why? Because it's a bad food? Alcohol is an interesting one, and I use it as the example all the time. Because there are people who don't drink, as I shared, for religious reasons. I don't drink because I don't like it. And this is my major point. Why would you eat something or drink something if you don't like it? And why would you stop eating or drinking something if you do like it? Particularly because somebody else told you. So a social media guru or a nutritionist or a, or a personal trainer or somebody said, don't eat that, it's bad for you, and you believe them. So now the food that you really love to eat is no longer part of your life. Now, this, as I use the example, one of two things will happen. You'll either won't have it, won't have it, won't have it, won't have it, and then you end up binge eating it and you eat way more, drinking way more than you normally would because you went so long without it. 
Or you may be so disciplined and controlled that you never eat it again, but you end up being bitter and twisted because you can't have it. And I don't know if you've ever been in that experience where, and I've had people do this to me, where I've been eating an ice cream or a piece of chocolate or a piece of cake, and someone says, oh, I wish I could have some. And I go, well, you can. Here, have a bit of mine. Oh, no, I can't eat that. It's bad for me. But you can tell by the little look on their face that they're just mesmerized by this, I really want to have some chocolate. And I'm sure now, because their brain is focused on chocolate or or cake or biscuits or takeaway food or whatever it is, that now they go into that one of two headspaces. I wish I could have and I'm angry that I can't or I'm going to have it anyway and I'm going to binge eat. And I always ask very, and this is my begging position, please don't put people's headspaces there. If you are a medical professional, if you are a nutritionist, a dietitian, if you are an exercise professional, would it be our responsibility to look after people's mental health, not just their physical health? And aren't they connected? And if I'm in a position where I'm angry, frustrated, annoyed that I can't have something that I love to eat, and the reverse of that where I go and binge eat or I binge drink, now I'm putting myself in a really awkward, horrible position or my client, the person that I care about. So I always ask very carefully, and and again, my begging position, as adults, surely we get to choose what we want to eat. To have somebody tell you what to eat just reminds me of being a child. You can't have that. You have to eat this. Can't leave the table until you finish your plate. Got to eat your veggies. Got to eat your greens. Got to eat dessert last and and real food first. Breakfast is the most important meal of the day. There was always somebody telling us something when we were kids about food. Uh, That was an adult telling a child. Now I have no, I can't touch that because I'm not a parent. What I would love to see, though, is adult or young adults that grow into adults that love food, don't have a bad relationship with food. So they don't think that there's a good or a bad food. They're just aware that there might be sometimes foods and everyday foods. There might be foods that you eat a little bit of and there's some foods that you can eat a lot of. But I, again, use the example of a lot of. You can say, well, vegetables are a good food or that fruit is, and I won't use fruit because a lot of people don't think that fruit is a good food. So we just use vegetables. Most people don't argue that green vegetables, for example, are a good food. Well, I had a student in one of my colleges in Brisbane who ate three kilograms of, of broccoli. He did it as an experiment to see what would happen. Now, technically, broccoli is considered a green vegetable. It's good for you. It's full of vitamins, minerals, and phytochemicals. And it's in some uh, re- people's realities, it's a superfood. When you eat three kilograms of broccoli, it is not a superfood. Just ask him. He said he had a terrible tummy ache. He passed a really smelly wind for several days. He was very uncomfortable for quite a while because he ate too much broccoli. Now, that's an extreme example, but you can't label a food good or bad then because broccoli is considered a good food, but if you eat too much of it, it becomes a bad food. Uh, A limp chocolate is yummy. If I ate the whole bowl, I'd feel sick. Yuck. And that's my thing as, as exercise professionals, why I don't like touching food as a, as a topic. I'm very, it's not something I like to talk about because I actually positively, passionately believe that if I'm fit and strong and I've got a healthy brain, central nervous system, endocrine system, digestive system, my body's working effectively, I'll actually have a system that tells me when I'm hungry and tells me when I'm full. So I could start eating this whole bowl of chocolate and think to myself, oh, I've got to finish the whole bowl. But I actually couldn't because I'm so fit and so strong and my brain is so fit and strong that when I'm full, my body says, stop eating, Rowie, you're full. And it doesn't matter. I could have my favorite, all my favorite foods, foods in front of me, but when I'm full, I don't want any of them. I don't ever even want to force myself to eat food that, that is yummy because I'm, oh, that's my favorite food. I should have some. 
No, I'm full. And a fit, strong body will tell you when you're hungry, start eating some food. So this whole thing about when should I eat, eat when you're hungry. When should I stop eating? When you're full. Now that's a complicated process. If you're unfit, if you're weak, if you're unhealthy, if your body's busted and broken, those systems are busted and broken. I get that. But why do we focus on the busted and broken and then a pill or a powder or a potion or a program or a diet or a fanatical exercise program to fix it? Why don't we just get people fit and strong and then their central nervous system will work again effectively, their endocrine system will work again effectively. When your endocrine system is working, when your hormones are working, they're the ones that say, thirsty Rowie, have a drink. Hungry Rowie, have some food. Tired Rowie, go to sleep. Stressed Rowie, go for a run, sprint hard so that you can get rid of that stress. The hormonal system controls everything to make sure that we don't get out of control. And there's that interesting question. Does, do I get, lose control of my endocrine system and then I get unhealthy or do I get unhealthy and lose control of my endocrine system? And I think we're all smart enough to know the answer to that, aren't we? <laughs> and I use that as a very broad term and I'll ask you personally. Do you, if you are your fittest and your strongest and your healthiest, what happens to everything else in your body? Do you have good hair, skin and nails? Do you have great bright eyes and good eyesight? Do you have strong teeth, good posture? Do you have a fast metabolism? Do you have a digestive system that works really effectively? My question for that is always you put food in here and it comes out the other end pretty bloody quickly and your body uses all the nutrients it needs, takes everything out of your food that it needs and the rest goes out as waste. So no, no reason for detoxifying. If you're healthy, fit and strong, you have strong muscles and bones, so you can get puffed. You can overload your heart and lungs because your muscles and bones are really strong. And when you overload your heart and lungs and you're really fit, then everything works really well. So rather than focusing on can't have, mustn't have, don't have, shouldn't have, and imagine telling somebody who doesn't like prunes or thinks that prunes are for laxatives, forcing them to eat prunes and they don't like them. Why would you try and force me to drink alcohol? And there's plenty of research around the world to show that people who, who drink alcohol in moderation live longer. But I don't like it, so I'm not going to drink it. Now, you might not like chocolate. But if you're telling somebody who absolutely loves to eat chocolate they shouldn't have, can't have, mustn't have, don't have, is there a possibility that you could screw up their mental health? You could screw up, screw up their headspace and you might even screw up their physical health. Because there might come a day when they, they binge eat and then they say everything else that came before this bugger it and they just eat whatever they want to. And that seems to have been what's happened uh, in some of the fattest countries in the world where... The, a morbid obesity, obesity, being overweight, being sick and disease has become a pandemic, an actual pandemic. It's out of control. Uh, doctors don't know what to do about it because there are so many people with coronary heart disease, type 2 diabetes, osteoporosis, depression, all the horrible inactivity diseases. Is it possible that if we, we push people down that path where you can't have, mustn't have, don't have, shouldn't have, that there's going to be a bounce back effect? And they're going to say one day, well, bugger you, I'm not going to eat what you tell me to do and I'm not going to do any exercise. I'm going to eat whatever I bloody well want and I'm going to sit on my ass. And now we've got a... a, a, a a world now, including the countries that have been thin predominantly, are now also becoming overweight, unfit, sick and weak. And I don't want that for anybody. How about you? So how about we inspire and motivate people to love their food, to love their exercise and to love their life? That's what Romax is all about every single day. So that you can sing like I do, living your life to the max. Super duper doo, how are you? I love my food. It's yummy. All oh, my food. I love it. It's yummy. Woohoo! Thank you.